Hey guys, I'm Megan Smiley and this is The Escape Plan. For those of you who've followed the rules and worked really hard to climb the ladder, but you're looking around thinking, is this it? This is my life? I hear you. You want more. You want freedom, fulfillment, purpose, but you don't see how that's gonna happen in the traditional work world. You're entrepreneurship curious, but it seems daunting, risky, and probably unrealistic. But in this podcast, I'm gonna help you see just how possible it is to build a business and by extension, the life that you'll genuinely love waking up to every morning. Hey guys. This week, my guest is Elena Deutsch. She's the founder of Will, Women Interested in Leaving Law. Elena was originally on the podcast a little over a year ago, Um, so I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode um, where Elena really gives us her background um, and her whole story. So go check that out because today we are just really diving into the topic at hand. Um, which is what having a heart-centered approach to your career is, whether that's a job search or a business that you want to start. You know, one of our foundational shared philosophies is that your answers come from internal exploration more so than external cues. Um, And I think that is why... The work that we both do in slightly sort of different contexts really comes from that assumption rather than starting with, okay, let's come up with a, a list of jobs and how do you sort of describe your skills to get you into that job. It's saying, look, let's let's go way back to the foundation and ask ourselves questions. Maybe we didn't even ask ourselves <laughs> originally when we picked our career path. So it's a really rich conversation about the beauty and possibilities that come with designing a career from this place with a lot of thought and purpose. Um, And we also discuss a little bit why this can be so hard because it can also be so unfamiliar to many of us as approach to to problem solving. Um, But I had so much fun with Elena in this conversation. Uh, One of the best things about my work and hosting this podcast is just getting to nerd out on topics that I really love <laughs> and I um, am deeply interested in, as is is my guest, and it's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, so, and if any of this resonates with you, particularly on the um, entrepreneurial front, um, exactly what I do is help people build out their heart-centered businesses. I have my Freedom Business Incubator Framework, and that takes you from really sort of the 30,000-foot view of what you want and where your strengths and interests and values lie, all the way to sort of the nitty-gritty of how do you actually get this idea out into the world. And I work with people one-on-one, so some people are more in the idea-generating phase, and some people are more in the diving-in and uh, executing phase. And we plan it around you. It's all customized. Um, So if that is of any interest to you, you can always sign up for a Catalyst call with me. The link will be in the notes. But on to the episode with Elena. 
Elena, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Megan. I am so excited for our conversation today. I am so excited too. And um, so for those of you who don't fully know Elena, we did a previous episode um, and you can get her whole backstory on that. So I totally encourage you to go back. But today we're going to just dive into a topic that we're both really passionate about and uh, just kind of share (laughs) our thoughts. Um, So we really want to get into what it means to sort of have a heart-centered approach to your career. Um, so, Elena, what does that mean to you? Um, so, I, in thinking about it, I, I thought it means having a career that is aligned with your skills, your interests, your values, Um, the specifics of like what you want in your life in terms of hour and location and remote or in-person or hybrid or, you know, all the things like having all that aligned. And, and I think then to layer on a little bit of entrepreneurship, which I know we're going to talk about too today is, um, is feeling like you're solving a problem, Mm. feeling like you're doing work that is contributing. Yeah. And solving a problem you feel is important. Maybe. <laughs> I, I think to have a fully, like yeah. a heart-centered approach or a heart-aligned career, uh, I think solving problems is is part of what we're here on earth to do. And people want need, and need to feel that they're growing and that they're contributing. Yeah, I totally agree. And part of what you just, I, first of all, I just fully agree with your definition of that. Like, I'm not sure I have anything to add. You know, it's very much, um, you know, what I believe and what I hear you saying is that we're looking for clues from inside, not from outside about oh, what's going to so drive our, our, you know, career decisions. Um, and I think, yeah, and I think yeah. shifting, I think making that shift, I think that what you said is so important, making that shift from being driven by externally, which we are as kids, as students, right? Get the gold stars, get the A's, go to the good school, and then trying to figure out what it is you really want from internally. And that changes over time too. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, maybe you always wanted to be a lawyer when you were a little kid and then you got to it and you did it and you don't like it. Yeah, right. And it doesn't feel heart-centered or aligned and you don't like the work that you're doing. It's not values congruent with you yeah. or whatever it is. I'm just using lawyer as an example since, right. you know, that's that's yeah. the milieu so, we met in. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's so true. And I also think when people come up through that kind of traditional training and world, you know, you're delivered the the sort of, this is how you do it, right? Like, you're not asking yourself, like, oh, how would I become a lawyer? It's like, there's a rule book, and you follow the rule book, and that takes you where you want to go. But then you, like you said, you might not like it anymore. And I think people are then kind of confused about how do you solve this problem then, because the rule book that you found didn't work for you. Yeah, yeah. And then and then what, right? And that thing you had your sight set on, and you've achieved it, and you don't like it, well, is, you know, and this is, these are the lawyers I work with, right? And you've been yeah. through this yourself. Then, then what? And how do I figure out what else? Yeah. Yeah. And I loved what you said too, a little bit earlier about, um, you know, you want to be solving problems. You want to be making a, an impact. You sort of, 
I think when we come up through things like law, like success looks a certain way, accomplishment looks a certain way. And I think people get there and, and they say, oh, I don't want this. Maybe I'm just not driven or maybe I'm just not ambitious. Mm. I see that a lot. And the truth is, I think sort of the people that both of us work with, that's not true. That's probably what got you to like so far (laughs) in your career in the first place. And it's just that you have to put that energy towards something new and you'll find that you're equally ambitious. It's just in a different realm. Right. And I think exactly success, you know, had a very clear definition and the metrics were, were easy to measure. Uh, but when you aren't exactly 100% sure what you want to do next or where to find that meaning and where to point your energy, yeah, you know, towards yeah. something new. And I think those are a lot of the women, you know, I serve in will are the smart, the gold stars, the, you know, did all the right things. And then they're looking around being like, wait a minute, there's got to be more to life than billing right. it away in six minute increments. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know there's this kind of existential moment of like, is this what life is? Is this what like being successful looks like? Right. And then I think there's this thing where where you look around and certainly again in the law milieu is is like, oh, everyone else seems happy. Everyone else seems okay Mm, with this. Other people are satisfied. What's wrong with me? Right, Right. And then and then when when you do find you know, when you do choose to leave or you find something more aligned, um, one of, one of uh, Will alumni, they, I call them for members to alumni, and yeah. she's a, an alum now, said she, she had decided to go to grad school, get a PhD in like nutritional science and work with underserved communities. And when she started telling people that she was leaving, uh, she said, you know, all these other lawyers got this faraway look in their eye, like, (laughs) oh, I wish I could. So once people, you know, do share that, like, this isn't working for me, I want more alignment and purpose, and I'm going for it. I think people quickly learn that they're certainly not the only one who feels that and wants that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been interesting to me because I hear that a lot from people too, is like, I just, I feel like I'm so on an island with this. I thought I was the only one feeling that way. And of course you and I spend all day with people feeling like that. So right. you're, like, you're definitely not on an island. <laughs> well, I, I think that goes to something I know we were going to talk about, which yeah. is, you know, the importance of community and support. Yeah. yeah. Right. So do you want to go there? Yeah. Yeah. Let's. I mean, I just, I think, I think if if you are looking to have a more heart centered approach to your to your career, if you want to do something entrepreneurial, then being in a community is critical. It certainly has been for me. I would yeah. never be able to have built a business that I love and be serving people and and really very happy to wake up every day yeah, <laughs> to yeah. do what I'm doing. If I didn't, if I didn't put myself in communities where I got to learn and grow and support other people and be supported. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, it's interesting because I just had uh, someone say to me last week that they didn't think they, that sort of working for themselves was a route that would work for them because they really liked community and building that. And, you know, what I have found is I've never felt more like I found my community since I jumped into this space because even if you're not sort of literally working together yeah you've you know we found each other and we're so yeah. like-minded and you know it's I think there's just 
a broader community of people doing this work or adjacent work. And I just really feel much more like I'm in a community of people that I have a lot in common with than I ever did at the law firm. Totally, totally. And and I think there are lots of programs. I mean, Will and others, you know, amazing other coaches out there helping lawyers, helping people make career transitions. And for me, building a community in Will was a, a you know, a paramount thing I had to do. And people yeah. for whom the community is really one of their most uplifting parts. And like yeah. today I had a I have community calls every other week. And today a you know, a third-year associate just enrolled on Friday, and today was her first call. Yeah. And she was scared she wouldn't be able to make the time for it, but she did it. And yeah. she just felt, she's like, oh, I'm not alone. Yeah, I think that's really powerful for people. Um, and watching other people sort of, you know, because this heart-centered approach is so different than what we have been raised, yes. <laughs> like this yeah. is a different problem-solving approach. I think it can be really empowering to see other people a couple steps ahead of you on that process and um, sort of be inspired by by that and learn from it. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. that's that's actually my model is that people come in to to will whenever they're whenever they're ready to. And yeah. there are people ahead of them on the journey that they get to learn from. And then pretty soon they get to kind of extend a hand back and help someone pull someone else along. So yeah. it's, it's very beautiful. And yeah. then, you know, sort of like along the line of this heart centered approach, like the, one of the beautiful things that's happened is I've held a couple of masterminds within the will container also. And some, and I pair people up with accountability buddies and some of those people are still, you know, they continue their accountability buddy relationships, which turn into friendships, Yeah, you know, like, that continue beyond. And so then, you know, you have others along with you, like you said, like-minded people who are creating this heart-centered approach to their work and life. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's sort of both of our missions to create spaces for that. And also to, um, you know, I think, listen, just our society in general, (laughs) but particularly lawyers, it's like, um, you know, it sounds a little kind of like woo woo or touchy feely to like approach things like this. And I don't think it has to be like that at all. I just think it's honoring sort of a different way of functioning and it's neither, you know, it's not better or worse, but if sort of the super grind masculine, like, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of competitive world is not suiting you. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you're a failure <laughs> or that you can't hack it. You know, it's just that you want to function differently and that doesn't make you a failure or anything like that. Yeah. hundred percent. I love that. The suit pun. <laughs> it was like, take off the suit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Put on, put on like some work from home clothes or flowy dresses or whatever floats your boat. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, spangles, whatever it is. Um, I don't even know what spangles <laughs> I know, are. I, you know what's so <laughs> spangles? I think a cross between Spanx spangles. and bangles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. It made me think of those like jelly. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I don't want this- I saw on LinkedIn just yesterday, someone was posting about giving a, giving a, a talk sort of in person Mm -hmm. talk. 
And she's like, I'm done with heels. Like I haven't worn heels in two years and yeah. I don't want to wear them now. And she's wearing her like sparkly sneakers. And exactly. I was like, yes. Yes. I think, I think COVID has really shattered even more. I think, you know, formal dressing was on the way out already. Yeah. You know, the tie yeah. Obama kind of did to, I once read this article in New Yorker, Obama was going to do to the tie, like what Nixon, well, not Nixon, um, Kennedy did to the hat. Like, right, so, right. you know, more and more formality has gone by the wayside, which I think is part of letting us be who we really are. Right. And um, that's sort of part of the heart centered thing too, is that obviously you're just going to feel more comfortable in your skin if you're doing things that are comfortable, natural to you, rather than constantly fitting yourself into a box. Yeah. And I think I want to go back to kind of where we were pointing before about yeah. mindset, essentially, and, and reframing success and failure and, yeah. and can't hack it. And, and this lawyer brain, um, one of the things I see so much in the women I work with is this either or thinking. Mm. And this very dichotomous, you're either, you know, you either win or you lose. You're either successful or a failure. You either can't hack it or you're made a partner, you know, so baked into legal thinking. And I, I assume legal training as I'm not a lawyer, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming that this kind of very dichotomous thinking is part of the training. So one of the, you know, pieces of ongoing work towards a heart-centered business, career, life is, you know, finding not just the gray area, but like the rainbow in between the black and the white. Yeah, yeah. And new thoughts and new ways of seeing things and new perspectives that give you energy. Yeah. I think that's so true that there is what's funny is that I think in law, like you'll find a lot of lawyers being like, the answer is it depends. So in some ways, right. like we love the gray, but at the same time, hold ourselves to the standard that actually we say that, but there is a right or wrong way to do things or a right or wrong answer. Yeah. And I also think that because we were trained in that environment and then you're kind of functioning in that professional environment, um, truly, truly, you don't even realize that the way things function in that environment isn't, you know, the capital T truth and yeah. the only way that things are done. You know, I know for me, when I met my husband who was in tech, this is sort of a silly example, but he was going to a, an interview and he was wearing like a t-shirt and jeans. And I was like, what are you doing? Like yeah. one must in all across mm -hmm. the, the capital T <laughs> truth is that you wear suits to interviews, period. <laughs> Right. And he's like, I will never get this job if I show up in a suit. That's right. Be like, That's what right. are you doing? You know? Yeah. And, but I, I truly, it, I was genuinely surprised. I did not know that the rest of the world didn't function on that, that premise. And I think a lot of that comes up in our, in our mindset that we just think the world just functions the way our life functions. And yeah. we don't see that other side. Yeah, yeah. A will a will a member who left her firm and she was a litigator and she um has dyed her hair now. You know, she's got blue highlights yeah, in her hair yeah. now. She's like, I never would have done this if I had to go to court. Right. <laughs> you know? right. So um, but she's out there doing new things and getting to show more of who she is. Yeah. And it's like that that's aligned for her. Like that's something about her self expression that was getting, you know 
closed down by the environment she was in. You know, totally. that, gets, that gets exhausting too. <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Yeah. So, so I think this is, and, you know, back to what you were saying about like it being woo woo and whatnot. And I just, yeah. I just want to like remind myself and everyone, yeah. like look around just your physical environment right now. Like I'm looking at my, my black Birkenstocks right now and like my yeah. green chair and my Apple computer. And like each of these things was an idea. Yeah. Someone's idea before it became into reality. Right. And it was yeah. someone's idea to be like, Hey, let's put white buckles on the black Birkenstocks. And now I wear them every day. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I just want to, I think there's this, this like, no, I can't, no, you can't mentality that so many of us have lawyers, non-lawyers, everyone, like yeah. it's not possible. And I like to say like, if the idea comes to you, it can come through you. Yeah. I love and it that. wants to come through you. Yeah. And like Elizabeth Gilbert in her book, Big Magic, if you're a fan, if you've read yeah, it, talks yeah. about ideas as having like an energy and not not fully embodied, but they they will travel until they land somewhere and in someone who can help bring them through. Yeah. And you hear a lot of people say like, oh man, they're doing that thing. I had that idea three years ago. That's my idea. And it's like, you know, it's what you said. It's like, it was a good idea, <laughs> you know, and it flowed until it became a thing. <laughs> it's And like, right. And like, right. I mean, even back to Darwin, yeah. was it Darwin and someone else yeah. published very similar stuff around the same time. Yeah. And I, and I mean, this is, this is more woo, but I feel like, yeah. like, you know, our human evolution, our, our evolution as a species, whatever divine intelligence is out there. And I believe there is, is, and you know, not like exactly like a quote unquote God, but, yeah. Um, yeah. but there is intelligence in the universe wants to make sure that that thing happens right so it's gonna be like I'm gonna come through Darwin I'm gonna come through this other guy at the same time because this has got to get out there this is important yeah yeah and that ties I mean that's sort of my view too but I think you you know have to to see it in sort of like this meta way but I think that's why when people are when people are kind of like what's my purpose I don't think it's like oh you have to go like solve all of the world's problems to find your purpose I think your purpose is to be true to who you are and like those you have natural strengths and interests and when you find a way to express those in your work and in your life yeah to me that that's all purpose is in my view yeah yeah and I'll I'll give an example of that from a will member because she she's someone who you know is she's got a big personality. She's super dynamic, amazing. She wants to uplift women and, you know, change the world. And she feels overwhelmed, I think, by that sometimes. Right. So, you know, how, how to do that and the idea for how to do that. She's having to work through and try different things. And she started a newsletter and she is running a book group now doing the Brene Brown um, Atlas of the Heart book. Mm -hmm. And she's looking into nonfiction writing and public speaking and she's trying things. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's, she knows she wants to uplift women. She wants women to feel less dead inside and that's her driving thing and how she's going to do that. She's got to, she's got to take some action and steps and learn. Is this, is this satisfying to me? 
back to yeah. that, like, is this a good fit for my skills, my interests, right. my values, the specifics I want? Am I solving a problem? Yeah. And like, and test it and gain information and then just take the next step. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so identify that. Well, there's a period of, of my life of, <laughs> a few years ago that I was just doing all of the things. I was like, I had a travel blog. I took a photography class. I took a voiceover class, which was super random. But, you know, um, and I like looked into starting one company. I just I was just exploring anything yep. that sounded interesting to me yep. because I didn't know at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's one of the, the things in the will framework and process is like, what are you curious about? Yeah. Right. What are you interested in? What, you know, what makes you furious? What, you know, right, right, what, what, right. what injustice, what breaks your heart? Yeah. You know, these are some of the questions that, that we ask to help, help our members get some insight and like just pick up some of the clues of like what's important to me. Yeah. And I think that's, that's so interesting because like that was sort of getting at one of my other questions for you was because functioning from this kind of heart centered place is not how we are used to doing things. Mm -hmm. It's how do you access that? You know, so many people I talk to are just like, I, if I had a passion or if I knew like I'd do it, it's, it's this kind of, I think we've become detached from those parts of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it takes, I'd say first a decision to really figure it out. Yeah. So I love that. I, I love that. Yes. <laughs> so I think saying like, if I knew what it was, I would go do it is, um, and I'm sure that feels very true for that person. I'm sure it is yeah. true for that person, right? And yeah. if I was coaching that person, yeah. Yeah. I would I would invite them to go further, yeah. right? And like yeah. and and begin to explore like some of those things, like I just said, like what lights you up, what infuriates you, what behavior in other people can you not tolerate? Um, yeah, you know, let's let's start to we build a sort of a checklist of like your skills, your interests, your values, the specifics yeah. of what you want, um, what is yeah. important to you, what are you curious about? Yeah. And, and I know you also are like a yeah. strengths finder. Yes. Of, I was going to say appreciator, finder. right? Yeah. Like, you know, cause I think as sort of people who come up through this sort of traditional education system, you're told that the skills you have in certain kinds of, of, uh, qualities are, those are your strengths, but I don't know if you find, I find so many people who come, it turns out their number one strength is harmony or something, right? And yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, especially the litigators who are really yes. unhappy often have yeah. harmony and empathy in their top right. five. And yes. like competition is like way at the bottom. Is way at the something. bottom yeah. and, and, and significance is way down at the bottom and other people yeah. have those really high and, right. and, and want to do that. Um, I was, I was, I'm still thinking about, you know, what you just, I, I think that it's just like saying, and I'm not, and I'm, I don't want to blame like an individual. Like if I knew what I wanted, I would just go do it. Yeah, I think yeah. it's like the, we do, like you're saying, we grow up in this society where you're supposed to, and you're expected to just know, right, <laughs> and like, right. it's going to come like a lightning bolt out of the sky and you're going to, you're going to just know. And you know, your experience, my experience is like, you've got to just do something. And, you know, I went to public health school 
and I worked in public health for years and policy and training and education. And then I kind of discovered coaching and I took a coaching class, right? It was like one thing after another. Um, And then I was working coaching women in firms and I was like, they are working so hard. They have no life and they're miserable and they don't want to stay. Right, <laughs> right. And, and they don't know what else like, to do. There's like a definite to problem to be there's solved There's a problem there. to be solved, right? <laughs> and as yeah. a feminist, I was like, we need these women out in the world having an impact, the kind of impact they really want to have. Yeah. Like, yeah. they didn't go to law school to, most people tell me who come into, you know, Will, yep. that they didn't go to law school to make banks more money or insurance companies right. more money. Right. They came uh, in to, to do good in the world. So I think it really, back to that, it does start with yeah. a decision to like, I'm, I'm willing to put a little effort in to, yeah. to explore and be curious. Yeah. Like the decision and, and, and the, within the decision is the permission to look outside yes. of the box, right? You know, I like, and I struggled with that. So I do understand it of even when I was at the law firm and, and, deeply unfulfilled, not because it was a terrible job. It, it was a great job in a lot of ways, but I just knew it wasn't my end point. Yeah. But I had no, I hadn't, I'd already made a big career move in yeah. my mind. And I just, I was looking at all of the options that sort of were within my peripheral vision at that point. Yeah. And nothing sounded good because I wasn't giving myself permission to open <laughs> the blinders and yeah. look to stuff that I that wasn't sort of a natural extension of everything that I had done. And it's part of that decision is to give yourself permission to not just explore, but explore things that you can't explain. That's right. That's right. I I love that so much. And so I'm curious, like what, what helped you give yourself that permission? Um, I think it was partially just hitting like a real low of, of it was, it wasn't like clinical depression, but I just felt this heaviness about looking at jobs and being like, why like this? I don't want to do this. Like the job I have is better than this. And now I'm looking to do this. And there was a point at which sort of in my search, I came around to looking at like event planning jobs at law firms, Mm -hmm. because a lot of what I did in my job at this law school was events. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what? Like, you don't want to work at a law firm? Like, you got out of a law firm and even in a non, you know, lawyer role, it just yeah. was like, I think it just opened my eyes that I was just like, I think I need a new barrel. Like, I yeah, just, I think yeah. I need a new barrel. And when I did the work of sort of my, my values, yeah. it was becoming clear to me that freedom is yeah. just top of mind. And there was just a fundamental problem for me about working in any job. <laughs> yeah. You know, doing planning events yes. and doing your spreadsheets and negotiating with vendors <laughs> like yeah. to get the best deal on the flowers is not, you know, like, yeah. it doesn't really equate with freedom. And right. And the reason why the, I didn't want to do that for myself was that that all, even more doing that for myself didn't sound like freedom. Right. Right. So why would you yeah. want to do it for someone else? You know, right. I mean, I think, <clears throat> I think this gets to security and just fear and, and the money in law is so, so big and it keeps getting bigger and it's really hard for people to, I think the story they're telling themselves is I'm walking away from this and the story that, and yes, that might be true 
And yet it's like, I tell people, it's not like you're jumping out of an airplane. It's like you're taking step after step after step and then you jump over a puddle. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so important because I also see, particularly talking to people thinking about going into entrepreneurship, which makes people feel like they're jumping off of a cliff. Yeah. But I don't advise that people do it that way, right? Like, exactly. you know, you you take your time, you, you create space to do this on the side. And, you know, so yeah. that, like you said, by the time you take the jump, it's not a cliff, it's a puddle. <laughs> yeah, Exa- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's a Will alum who uh, she discovered through the, through the process. So that like skills, interests, value specifics, that's, yeah. that's the process. We, we take people through that discovery, yeah. right? So people end yeah. up with a checklist of like, what is it I really want? Yeah. And they, yeah. so they have that clarity. And one of the members um, discovered astrology. Like she'd been actually doing astrology since she was 16. It was super yeah. important to her. She was always tuned in. She was always listening to podcasts. And so, you know, she stayed in her legal job while she went and took an astrology class, right? And then another, and then got certified. And now is learning how to grow an astrology business. So she's, she's putting herself, she's using her job, which she has set better boundaries around. And it says no way, way, way more. And like, so she's, she's doing that. And it's, it's essentially her investor. It's funding her, her, what's her side hustle now, which she intends to over time grow Yep. into her full-time thing. Yeah. That's completely the approach that, that I advocate. And it's interesting. Part of what you said there is one of the resistances that I, I have people come up is like, okay, yeah, that you, you quote unquote better boundaries. You don't understand my job. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. I have a client and, you know, he's of counsel and a very busy position. Um, and when we started working together, he was very like uh, that story was very loud for him. Like mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going to find that the time. Mm-hmm. But once we worked through sort of his vision and his values, mm-hmm. all of a sudden he was finding time and mm-hmm. saying no just became more natural. Yeah. Um. So it's really interesting. Like people feel like that's again like a capital T truth of their circumstance but the truth is if you want something more all of a sudden you're able to set boundaries in a different way than you could anticipate doing right now i i love that so much i i think that's extremely extremely true and um two two things to reinforce that one is i was recently at tony robbins unleash the power within for a day virtual event and one of the things i took away was, you know, when thinking about time management and planning your day or your week or like what start with the results you want. Yeah. What are the results you want from that as, as granular as that meeting as the first hour of your day, what results do you want? So yeah. just getting very clear. And, um, you know, there's this brand new will member who, who joined the community call today and she was like, I'm not sure how to create the time for this. And, you know, the other members shared how impactful it was, like when they started giving themselves an hour a week. Yeah. Like at first they felt like they were robbing from themselves and had to make quote unquote make up that time. But then the time kept giving and giving them more and more. 
Um, and so I asked her, I was like, what result do you want? And she's like, well, I've been giving my life away to this firm for three years and it's not taking my life where I want it to go. So maybe I'll give an hour a week over yeah. here right? to this program I just invested in and want to make the most of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it, on some level, it sounds so obvious, but truly when you're in that moment, like you kind of have to walk through that thought process. With, well, yeah, you know. because you're in this culture where like everyone's yeah. sharing that story, right? Yes. It's, I mean, law firms are very tribal, like, oh, we don't have time, time, yeah. you know? You say tribal, I say cultish. <laughs> <laughs> you could say both, the, the, the tribal cult. and um, I feel like as a former cult member, I can say that. You can say that. I can't as an outsider. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. For sure. I love that. Um, and the second thing is like back to like when you plug into your values and your why, like your vision and values, what you said, yeah. like when you plug into, and I call that your yes exclamation point. Yeah. And that's from the William Rye book, The Power of a Positive No. When you plug mm. into your deep yes exclamation point, it gets a heck of a lot easier to say no. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have seen that and it's, it is really powerful. Um, I think part of the challenge for people is getting to a yes, that's a big enough yes for themselves because they're, they're ruling things out. Yeah. <laughs> before, back to, yeah. Back to permission. You know, mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think they're not giving, they're not really allowing themselves to want what they want at first. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, the other thing is, when people say, I don't know what I want, but then when we get them a couple of months into, into our work together and we're like, okay, what do you really want? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, okay, yeah. what's been whispering in the back of your brain for a while? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, this is the time. This is the, your, this is your chance to let it out. Yeah. And like, you'd be surprised. It's that yeah. whisper is there for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to, create the time and space and and like you said the sort of container <laughs> helps to to then hear that voice that has been muffled for so long yeah yeah and I think that's that's really where the mindset work comes in and why it's so important because if yeah. you're if we're all in this default letting our automatic thoughts and our inner critics run the show then then we'll never give ourselves that kind of permission to create that kind of space yeah so what's sort of your approach where some, maybe someone kind of, they're like, oh, that does sound cool. Like that would be really cool, but they don't necessarily um, value the natural strengths that they have that would play into that, mm -hmm. you know? So you know, just for example, sort of like, oh, you know, my friends always come to me for relationship advice, mm -hmm. but like, that's not, you know, that's not going to pay the bills kind of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Have they seen other relationship coaches? I out know, there I know. <laughs> I don't know. I know. I've shelled out a lot of money to relationship coaches. Like, <laughs> I know. Like, I'm like, anyone who thinks that people don't pay coaches, I'm like, I've personally paid coaches so much money. So much money. So like, I'm not the only. degrees worth of money. <laughs> right? It's, right? So yes. that's, again, that's a, yes. that's a limiting thought. And that's yeah. where, but that's where, you yeah. know, we've sent people out to do do research and yeah, study yeah. and collect evidence yeah and go talk to people go no one's you know yeah. go talk yeah. to some relationship coaches go talk to um you know recently a woman member realized she wants to do something legal adjacent she's always loved writing and she saw a bar association talk 
of someone who teaches legal writing and is coming to the bar to teach. And she's like, wait a minute, I teach legal writing all the time already. And so she's set a goal of talking to three people who teach legal writing and different kind of. And so that's where you go and you get information. And, And it's very strategic, this process, because you're gathering data to make sure it's a good fit. So you're getting to kick the tires. Yeah. You're hearing about other people's experience, their income, their you know credentials, how they got where they got. Does it feel doable for you? Yeah. And, um, and if you're looking for a job, having those kinds of conversations really opens doors. Yeah. Because most yeah. jobs are not posted. <laughs> Over right. 70% of jobs are not posted. Yeah. yeah. So you have to be out there having conversations with other humans. Yeah. It's key. While also, what I would add to that is I think, I think there's this desire to have 100% certainty. Like, okay, if I mm. do enough research, I will eventually mm. know 100% that this is the thing. And so part of what I try to work with people is like, there's absolutely a time for data gathering and research, but it is possible (laughs) to go too far with it because if what your goal is, is hundred percent certainty, that's very hard. (laughs) I I think, I think that is so brilliant right on. Yeah. And, and it's, it's about taking action, right? Marie Forleo says insight comes from action, not from thought. So yeah. gathering, doing all that research, it is a form of action. Yeah. And, um, but it's really, it's, it's getting out there to have actual conversations is, is the kind of action that propels you forward and gives you, gives you insight to take that next step. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? But I totally agree. People can get um, analysis paralysis for sure. Yeah. You know, and sometimes they're just, there's no, you can collect the data. Like, for example, I was talking to someone. She's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take a photography class, but it was like, like a, like six month long photography class. And I'm like, that's cool. Take that if that's of interest to you. But you know, you could take a weekend mm-hmm. photography class right. and offer to do a shoot for your friend and probably gain about the same much insight. I love that. And that's not as you're not going to know whether you, after a year of doing it, you would like it, but you're not going to know that until you're actually doing it for a year professionally. So there's that kind of sweet spot of collecting the data and the experience and then understanding like, you know, cause I also, a lot of people come, they're just like, uh, this all seems like it's going to take too long. I'm too old. I'm too far into this. And there are ways to shorten that, that for yourself. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. And I love that. I think that's a great example. Like, yeah. and what's, so you know, what's the fastest, most efficient way I could test this, or I could check it out, or I could kind of scratch that curiosity itch and see if I want to keep going further. Because then after that weekend, she could then maybe do the six month thing or do a three month thing or six week thing, right? There's, yeah, there's just like everything is available right now. And it's actually all available, like from your home, (laughs) right? You could be doing like three experiments at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love this story of, um, do you know, Sheena Chang, she's a she's a former big law attorney who is now at she's at Crooked Calligraphy, and she oh has yes, a, yes, right. She's got this killer calligraphy business. I know, I and love it. and Akoma Morono, who had the podcast, the Happy Lawyer 
yep, yep. podcast, right? She she took a calligraphy class. I remember hearing that. And she didn't go further with it than that, right? Yeah. But here Sheena took a calligraphy class and is like teaching calligraphy online, has this amazing business. Yeah. And you just you just never know. Like sometimes it goes nowhere, like for a comma. Yeah. But like for Sheena, it just it opened and kept the road kept opening in front of her. Right. And I think if that's, you know, back to what you were saying, like your value is freedom. Is this something that gives you that? Is this something that gives you that joy, that expansion? Right. Because when you have those sort of um, like guideposts and sort of that list, like you were talking about, Mm -hmm. you get to then, you know, look at what you're considering and all the data that you've gathered and what you understand about what that would look like as a profession and check it against that list. Like, does this meet that? Exactly. Exactly. You're not, you're not flying blind. You've got, you've got your checklist. And it's so satisfying to me when Will members, like someone who's in Los Angeles and she started working for this social impact, like, female run startup where she gets to work remotely and walk her daughter to school. Like she's like, Elena, this ticks all my boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and awesome. you know, when you find it, cause it does ch- check all of the boxes. Exactly. And, and you know, and you know how to ask people to help you find people to talk to when you have that also. Yeah. Because it's yeah. really, really hard to ask for informational interviews or conversations or introductions. If you don't have a sense of what you want. That's really, really hard because people don't know how to help you. Yeah. Yeah. And you end up wasting time talking, like sort of going down roads that you're like, oh gosh, no, that's just, it's like me ending up, you know, applying for jobs at a firm again. She's like, what? Like this is, this checks (laughs) zero of my boxes. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, what sounds (laughs) awesome though is like that you did this soul check. Yeah. You know, we, we all have that. Even if you don't have your checklist. Yeah. you like, we all have a soul, I believe. And we can all, and this was another thing that I got from Tony Robbins was what does my soul know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was true for me at that moment. There was this kind of, I, for me, I think it was also tied to being right around that 40 mark and sort of asking myself, okay, like it doesn't have to be your last iteration, but you Mm. know, what are you going to, what do you choose to do with? the rest of your working years? Mm. That's a powerful question. And the keyword there, right, is choose. Yeah. Yeah. Because one of my coaches says, you know, we're always at choice. We are always at choice. Yeah. And I I was like, what? What do you mean? (laughs) I don't get it (laughs) first. Yeah. And it's it's kind of a big responsibility. I think it is. And I think people find it... um, Like that's a hard one because I think a lot of people feel stuck, like they don't have a choice about leaving this job that they don't like. And it's, it's sort of like, okay, I can honor that you, you do feel like that. And there are, you know, hurdles, but there's also a choice. Right. And the choice might be at this point, I'm going to, I'm going to choose to work on figuring this out. Yes, yes. Right. The choice isn't like, I'm going to go start my business tomorrow. The choice is I'm going to start to figure out. Yeah. What does feel more heart centered for me? And I'm I'm going to take one step at a time. Yeah. And giving yourself some grace. Like we didn't become lawyers in a day and you're not going to unbecome a lawyer in a day. Right. And you never have to stop being a lawyer. It's a credential you earned. It's a badge of honor. 
all the things. It's part of yeah. your identity. And if yeah. you don't want it to be the only part, you can choose to learn something new. If you can choose to learn to be a lawyer and pass the bar and work, you can 100% learn to do something new. Totally. Uh, yeah. Although it is funny that people seem to miss that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why you're here. Yeah, exactly. With your awesome exactly. podcast, <laughs> having conversations like this to help yeah. people. You know, yeah. hear, hear new perspectives, new, hopefully get a new idea that sparks some energy. Yeah. So one last thing I sort of wanted to, to bring up with you is, you know, we've been thinking about these things, but here we are also living through like a massive upheaval in the world yeah. with a pandemic and we're seeing, you know, the great resignation and that is including lawyers. Yeah. I feel like every day I'm hearing about a lawyer that just <laughs> kind of fed up and quit. Right. And that feels, that feels new to me. And I'm just sort of interested to hear like what you're seeing sort of anecdotally in, in your experience with, with lawyers and the great resignation. Yeah. I definitely think that there are people who are up and quitting and, and kudos. And I think it's, I think it's more younger people, probably mm -hmm. Gen Z younger millennials who are like, no. And, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. Um, I think, I think people are also, a lot of the women I work with have taken very strategic leaves of absence mm, to yeah. attend to their mental health. And that's something that I am a huge supporter of if people are interested, uh, you know, at yeah. least half a dozen or more will members have done that with great success for their, it's given them pause. Uh, one, you know, tried to take, tried to quit. They talked her into a leave of absence and then she's gone back to her firm with like incredible boundaries. She's not doing yeah. billables. She's like, I'm only, I'm going to do knowledge management and a little of this, but I'm not doing this kind of writing work. I'm not doing litigation. And in all honesty, right now, firms are so hungry. They're like, yeah. yes, yes, yes. That's fine. <laughs> I know. I keep telling them like your negotiating power has never been higher. <laughs> like to, to create that, you know, I talk, talk about it sort of like turning, a turning, the volume up or down like it isn't a black or white quit your job or yeah. or work a thousand hours it's you know you, there are these opportunities to to adjust um to give you the time and the space to work on what's next yeah a hundred percent that's exactly yeah. why she she wanted steady income she's like yeah. well i'm continuing my will journey and figuring out what you know she's in the informational interviewing process she's she hasn't quite hit upon the thing yet she wants to take tennis lessons you know yeah. like, like yeah. i'm like take the tennis lesson because you just never 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 know where something is gonna go yeah. So really I think, I do think the world has changed. I think there's, I have people who've left big firms and are now just working purely in remote roles, which is of their choosing. Um, I think there's my, my, I think my greatest hope for it and for law firms is that it does push them to move to a more strengths-based approach. Yeah. And yeah. figuring out with people like, what's your special sauce? And okay, you love to do research. You're incredibly great at it. You're fast at it. Let's let's have you doing that thing that you're you rock, right? And and not trying to make everybody like be the same and have the same kind of role and responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope I hope that that. And I think there are a lot of good, smart people 
trying to bring about that change from the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I also understand people not wanting to wait for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. They're, like, look, yeah. if people are, if you want out, like, yeah. I think there's never been a better time. As long as, yeah. you know, you're taking care of yourself, your family, your finances, all, all the things, which, yeah. you know, I think most people are, are doing. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's so, I, this is such a cliche, right? There's so much that you can do with a law degree. Once you know what it is, again, back to the theme of this, right? Once yeah. you're, you're aligned with your strengths, your interests, your values, what you want your life and work life to look like, yeah. well, then, then you can go yeah. and do that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Elena, I could talk to you all day. Elena, tell us a little bit about um, Will and how people can find you. Great. The best way is to go to the website, which is womeninterestedinleavinglaw.com. It's a long URL, and it's but you can do it. <laughs> and I will I will link it in in the show notes as well. Um, if you want, I'll I'll Megan, I'll send you the link to. I've got a new free resource about how to reclaim the first couple of minutes of your day. It's called the High Five Miracle Morning Menu, and so that's a free gift I'd love to offer to everyone. Great, and it's um a a checklist that you can use every day. I use it every week. I set up my week and what I'm going to do and some super easy wins that you can get within the first three minutes of your day. Yeah. And that's, and that's really, I'm going to sign up for that. Elena. Sign up for it. It's, it's great. I'm telling you, I use it. I, I, I've, like, I just posted a picture of me with mine on LinkedIn yesterday. Like I yeah. use it, I use it every week. And like today I ticked off all my things. I was like, you get all yeah. this little buzz, like, Ooh. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It sort of sets you in the right uh, frame of mind. Totally. Totally. Okay. So that's a free gift for anyone listening. And if anyone wants to book a call, just go to the website and you'll find invitations and opportunities to explore if Will might be the thing that helps helps you get out of feeling stuck off the hamster wheel with the clarity and confidence to, to walk out the virtual door <laughs> into, into your own heart-centered career or business. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Elena. This was such a pleasure. Megan, I could talk to you all day too. And thank you for what you're doing and how you're putting yourself out there with this heart-centered approach. And what is so beautiful is like, it feels like, like the road is expanding for you too, as you go. It is. I feel like I'm, I am uh, walking the path (laughs) for sure. And it's, I have never felt so aligned with what I'm doing. And that's, Mm. you know, that's a great feeling. And that's why I want it for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I think, I think the last thought, the lawyers I get to work with, they, they want, they want that too. And they want work yeah. that feels aligned, that feels like they're contributing, like they're not disappointing themselves and their potential. So it's really beautiful that you're finding that and sharing it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Bye.